Welcome to Word Connect with Pastor Maxwell Ogaga, a teaching ministry where believers are trained to be established in the truth of God's Word. For more information and free downloads, please visit www.thepastormax.ng. Praise God. All right. We will we'll be looking at. Um, can you increase my volume a little bit? Praise God, praise God, praise God. Amen. Amen. All right, just a little, just a little bit. Maybe I'm sure I'm going to hear myself. Praise God. All right. Okay, so um, what we've decided to do as a church um, going forward is that the last Wednesday of every month we will be having um, healing school which essentially when we say healing school is not for only sick people uh, what I've realized is I haven't spent so much time over the years teaching on healing on the subject of healing so so I'll um, we'll be dedicating the last Wednesday of every month to teaching on healing and how to minister to the sick so um, either myself or Sister Mary would be taking those classes or some other people but I want us so that at the end of the year outside of specific teachings on healing at the end of the year would have at least every month something on healing going into our spirit. Amen. So uh, it's not only for sick people who we'll minister to the sick, but most importantly, I want to teach you how to heal the sick and how to live healthy. So that's the goal. So the last Wednesday of every month, except we're otherwise directed by the Lord, will be our healing classes and our healing school. And we'll go over the same things again and again until our faith is built up where healing is concerned. Amen. Let's pray. Let's get into the Word tonight. Father, thank you because I'm anointed to teach. Thank you because your people are anointed to receive. And together, faith is built up in the knowledge of the person of Jesus. I pray that light and understanding will come forth in and through your Word. In Jesus' mighty name, we pray. Now, I'd like you to pay very close attention uh, where the subject of healing is concerned and um, I'm, I'm going to go very slow try to make sure that you get it and one of the things that came very strongly to me at the beginning of this month was the subject of being aggressive about your healing being aggressive about your healing now when you ask anyone who is sick or who isn't feeling well, if they really want to get well, they'll tell you, yes, I want to get well. I want to get healed. I'm tired of this sickness. But to be tired of sickness and to be aggressive about your healing is not the same thing. Praise God. Now, you can be tired and frustrated about something, but you're not active about getting healed. Let me explain something to you. If I, some of you are like that, right? Some of you get up at night and feel like drinking 
cold coke. How many of you are like that? Huh? Don't make your pastor a liar. How many of you get up at night sometimes and feel like drinking cold coke? Nobody. Okay, only one. Oh, you're only Sprite. Okay, maybe I should make. A, maybe I should just say feel like drinking cold. I, I don't want to say. I don't want to say drink. Feel like drinking soft drink. Right? How many of you sometimes have that feeling? Okay. Now, when you go to the fridge, you open the fridge, and there is no soft drink. What do you do? You go back to bed, right? Okay. Okay, let me use let me not use that example. Let me use my own example. I, I work late in the night. I work late, really late into the night. I'm more of a night person. So most times, uh, when I'm working and it's late, I go to the kitchen, I walk around, I don't find something to eat. Okay? Uh, I check, I don't find something to eat. Sometimes I find something to eat. Not food, but just something else. Now, if somebody else was really desirous of that thing, right? Let's say the person is really hungry. Huh? What will happen? They will try to make something. Right? Now, if I go to the, to the fridge, if I go to the kitchen, and ah, I feel like eating something. Okay, I went to the fridge. And I did not see anything. I looked around. No granite, nothing. And I went back to bed. Did I feel hungry? Okay, I felt hungry. But did I feel hungry enough? Why do you feel I didn't feel hungry enough? Because I didn't insist. I didn't make an attempt. Now I go in and I see Indomin. And I make the Indomin. Right? And I eat. Is that another level of hunger? That is the same hungry, but I've taken... It's the same hunger, but I've taken it to the next level. Right? Then I go to the, to the kitchen. Uh, I will not do that. But then I go to the kitchen. As you know when example goes into real life. Okay, so we're still in, we're still in example, Right? So I go into the kitchen, and um, I see the Indomie, and I feel like, man, the kind of hungry I'm having this, uh, Indomie will not do this thing. And then I see soup, then I boil water and make a bar. Okay? Is that, is that another dimension? I mean, that's, that's, that's another dimension. Right? Then I go in, and I feel hungry, and I see soup, and I make small bar, and I finish the first bar, and I say, man... Now I can see clearly to make the real food. And then I put water and fire again. I make a second dose. Come on, do you know that that's, that's, that's a level of hunger? Right? But you understand that from the first stage to this last stage we've talked about was hunger. But this last guy, who is not me, that when the extra might to make a second dose of eba is aggressive about feeling that hunger. So, the fact that you want to be whole does not mean you're aggressive about healing. Are, are you following this now? So, what shows your aggressiveness about healing is the persistent, consistent effort you make in receiving your healing. I, 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 did you get that example? Alright. What does the word aggressive mean? We say being aggressive about your healing. What does the word aggressive mean? It means ready or likely to attack or confront. Characterized by or resulting from aggression. So you're ready. When we talk about being aggressive about your healing, 
We're talking about being on the offensive. You're, 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 you're aggressive about it. You're on the offensive. Number two, behaving, this is the dictionary meaning, behaving or done in a determined and forceful way. I like that. You, you do it in a determined way. You do it in a forceful way. Praise God. I said praise God. Now, write these three things down. You have to settle three things in your heart. Settle three things in your heart. And this should not ever waver out of your heart. Number one, God is able to heal. Settle that as number one. God is able to heal. When we say able, we mean that God has the ability to heal. The number one fact you must settle in your heart is God is able to heal. Everybody say God is able to heal. Say one more time. Say God is able to heal. Right. Number two, God is willing to heal. God is willing to heal. God is willing to heal. God is able to heal. God is willing to heal. In Matthew chapter 8 and verse 3. Matthew chapter 8 and verse 3. We find a very interesting story there about the leper. Now, it's important for you to understand that lepers in those days were ostracized from the society. When they became lepers, uh, they were pushed from the society so someone wouldn't touch their skin and become unclean. When Jesus came down from the mountain, large crowds followed him, and a leper came to him and bowed down before him and said, Lord, if you are willing, you can make me clean. The leper did not doubt the ability of God. He appealed to the willingness of God. Now we know Jesus, according to Hebrews chapter 1, Jesus is the express image of God. That means when we see Jesus, we know what God wants. Look at the reply of Jesus. What did Jesus say? Jesus stretched out his hand and touched him. In fact, this is the highest form of willingness. You know, uh, when we were in school, you know, sometimes you should just know what your nature can handle. Right? You know, there are some people that if there is injury, they've got blood, uh, they can press it themselves. You know, they can handle all of that. I, I, I can't handle blood. Alright? So they say we had this biology. Uh, we, you know, we're doing theory, we've got this biology, biology something practicals. And that we're going to dissect um, toad. You know, so I mean, we got to the lab. And then I saw the guys, you know how it is when the lab is not big, one set will go first. And then the set went, they tore the toad open. You know, by the time I saw from a very far distance what they had done, I told myself that, you know what, I'm wonderfully and fearfully created in God's image. That's not part of my DNA. Alright, so there are people who 
when they are tending to people in the hospital, you can feel the love, the warmth. They don't mind being around sick people. They don't, and all of that. It's just got that nature to touch, a show of compassion. For Jesus to stretch his hand and touch the leper shows that there was compassion. So he touched because the lepers were not supposed to be touched. If you touched the leper, you became unclean. Praise God. So Jesus stretched his hand and touched him. Look at what Jesus says. He says, I am willing, be cleansed. So Jesus tells us that he is willing. That's why I'll say this right. We do a lot of things today for money. And, and un- unconsciously, money sits in a very... It, it, it sits in a, con- in, a, in a comfortable place in our society. I don't want to say in our hearts, but in our society. Right? You know, sometimes you go to the hospitals and for people to treat you, you know, money, 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 money. There are people who are doing nursing today who don't have a business being nurses, but they just feel that it brings quick money, you know. They just, people are just doing stuff because of what they can get. The first thing that every medical practitioner should have is compassion. Praise God. Should have compassion. And you know, compassion cannot be taught. You can't teach somebody to have compassion. It's got to flow from their heart. Praise God. Number two, number three, God has paid the price for your healing. Three things you must settle in your heart. God is able to heal. Number two, God is willing to heal. Number three, God has paid the price for your healing. So whatever the sickness is, God has the ability. God is willing. God has paid the price. Now, I need to show you something. Go to Deuteronomy chapter 2 and verse 24, the Old Testament. Well, let's, let's go to Galatians 3.13 first, where we talk about God has paid the price. Galatians chapter 3 and verse 13. Are you following this evening? Say amen if you are. Alright. Galatians chapter 3. I'm going very slowly because I want you to get every single point. These are important points. Galatians 3.13, it says, Christ redeemed us from the curse of the Lord. Now, the curse of the Lord, if you read Deuteronomy, you understand it. The curse of the Lord includes death, uh, sickness, and poverty. When Jesus died on the cross, we've been redeemed from the curse of the Lord. The Bible says, Having become a curse for us, for it is written, Cursed is everyone who hangs on a tree. So, when Jesus went on the cross for us, He took our place. That's why I don't really still understand why Christians are taught that they are on the curses. Because Jesus took the curse. The curse that came upon Adam uh, in the garden when he sinned, that led to sickness and death in the human race, when Jesus... When on the cross on our behalf, he took that, he took that pain, he took that cross, he took that uh, curse, sorry, on the cross. So, Galatians 3.13 tells us that that has been taken so that what will happen, verse 14, in order that in Christ Jesus, the blessing of Abraham might come to the Gentiles so that we would receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. So what Jesus has done for us on the cross is received by faith. You see, where healing is concerned, people need to be properly taught. Are you following what I'm saying? People need to be properly taught. And that's why sometimes 
in ministering healing to people, uh, it's, it's good to minister healing to people. But, you see, we've got to have a foundation. People need to be taught on the word where healing is concerned. So when they, they know how to receive their healing, they know how to stand against the enemy when it comes to steal their, their health. Glory to God. Now, what are the three things you must establish in your heart? Number one, God is what? Able. Number two? God is willing. Number three? God has paid the price. Don't ever forget that. Don't ever forget that. Every time you're experiencing ill health, every time you're ministering healing to someone, don't forget that. That God is able. That God is willing. And that God has what? Paid the price. Praise God. Now, go to Deuteronomy chapter 2 now, and verse 24. Deuteronomy chapter 2, and verse 24. Now, in Deuteronomy chapter 2 and verse 24, I'm using an Old Testament example to show something here. Verse 24 says, Arise, God was speaking to the children of Israel, Arise, set out, and pass through the valley Ammon. Look, I have given Sihon the Amorite, king of Heshbon, and his land into your hand. Begin to take possession and contend with him in a battle. Then God goes on to say, This day I begin to put the dread and fear of you upon the peoples everywhere on the heavens, who when they hear the report of you will tremble and be in anguish because of you. I want us to go back to the verse 25 and stay there a little while. It says, verse 24, it says, I have, let's go back to verse 24, I have given to you Sihon the Amorite king of Heshbon and his land into your hand. God says, I've given the land into your hand. Then he goes on to say, begin to take possession. Everyone say, take possession. And contend with him in battle. So for instance, I can say, uh, uh, let's, let me use an example that all of you can relate with. You know, people never miss money examples. Alright, so let's say for instance I announce today that every member This is an example Every member of this church We have credited 10,000 naira to your account Yeah Even in the example I can see smile Praise God Now, how many of you know some people can, can go hungry for the next three days If they don't get to the bank and catch it But do they have the money? But in another sense, do they really have the money? No. They have it in their account. They have it in their possession. But they need to go to the bank and take a step to do what? To take it, to get it, to possess it. Praise God. You know, there are stories of people who, are, who, who, who uh, died and they discovered some amount of money in their accounts. You know that sometimes people can be stingy to themselves. You, you know people like that? They can have a lot of money and not eat well. Right? They just go to the market. Say, how much is chicken? Say, chicken is 6,000. For what? Say, 6,000. I say, don't worry. And then you go and buy. You know, uh, don't, don't save to the point where by the time you are gone home to be with the Lord, more people will be rich. 
Are you hear what I'm saying? Eat well, sleep well, you know, just do the little things you can to look after yourself. Um, save, but not to the extent where you won't eat good food. Okay, so, you've got this money in the account, but you need to lay hold on it. You have healing in your account already, but you need to contend for it. Now, you realize something that God said, I will begin to put your fear upon them. But you've got to take that step to receive your healing. You know what happens, and this is how the enemy keeps sickness on our body. We're trusting God for healing, we're trusting God for healing, and the healing is coming and is manifesting and is not instantaneous. We now just assume, well, I'm going to live with this sickness. And with our confessions, we really do not know we're going to be free from it. We really, we really just, yeah, we, we almost, it almost becomes a second nature. But then you've got to be aggressive about it. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Yeah, you've got to be aggressive about it. You have to be aggressive about it. You have to, to set a date and tell yourself, you know what, from this day I receive my healing. I'm healed. And go after it. And I'll tell you something. You, you will not, the enemy will try many times to put sickness on your body and several times. Not just once. That's one of the ways the enemy tries to take people out of this earth. To kill people. By putting sicknesses on their body. So you have to learn to operate in health. Praise the name of the Lord Jesus. Now, let's see another example about taking possession. Go to Joshua chapter 6 and verse 1. Thank you Lord Jesus. Joshua chapter 6 and verse 1. You know Jesus raised Lazarus from the dead, right? How many of you know Jesus raised Lazarus from the dead? You don't know? You know. But you know Lazarus died again, right? Of course, if he didn't die again, he would still be alive. So he died again. What am I trying to say? If the, if the healing power of God had been administered to you, you have to also learn the word to live in health. Are you, are you following this? Joshua chapter 6 verse 1. Let's look at this story. Now Jericho was tightly shut because of the sons of Israel. So no one went out and no one came in. The Lord said to Joshua, See, I have given Jericho into your hand with its king and the valiant warriors. You shall march around the city, all the men of war, circling the city once. You shall do it for six days. Now God had given Joshua the city. And God says, you march around the city for six days. And so they march around the city, march around the city, march around the city. And on the sixth, seventh day, they had to march around the city seven times and shout with a loud voice. You know, I was talking to someone the other day, and you just say, why didn't God just make it like, yeah, we don't have to believe God for healing, we don't have to trust God, we don't have to overcome temptation, we don't have to do anything, you know. I said, it won't be fun. Hmm? It's the learning to exercise your faith. The having victory. Putting the word of God to... That's what makes it fun on the earth. Well, actually, God's plan was we'll live that way until your great-grandfather, Adam, listened to his wife and he disobeyed God. Praise the name of the Lord. You know, in the Garden of Eden, Adam wasn't concerned about sickness. In fact, when the Lord sent him out of the garden, he lived... Over 800 years before he died. He didn't know death. 
And I've taught you about that. Go listen to that message again. Having the image of longevity in mind. The old saints were not so accustomed to death. At about 600 and 700, Abraham went to pay the bride price of the, of the other wife after Sarah died. Imagine somebody shows, shows up in your house. Say, I want to marry you. Say, how old are you? Say, 650. <laughs> he says, is, the bride price, is, it, is it the amount of the bride price you are calling all your age? He said, no, that's my real age. He said, who do you want to marry? <laughs> and he points you. <laughs> right? We've got, to, we've got to renew our mind where this age thing is concerned. We've got to... You see, we, we talk about it in church, but we haven't renewed our mind. Our age makes us feel bad. Yeah. You look... You know, I, I mean, I've got some gray hair on my head. And, you know, sometimes people look and like, Ah, you have gray hair. I, I don't understand. It's hair. It's just white. It's color. It's not... The reaction of people, like you, you know, I mean, I was, I was talking to my younger sister and she was, she was, she asked me for counsel about something and she was like, I want to do it. I said, see, why are you hurrying like somebody that wants to leave the earth on time? Relax. You know, there is, I don't know how to explain it. Live, live like somebody who wants to live long. Do you understand what I'm saying? I'm not saying be passive about life, but don't. Don't, <laughs> you understand my brother? I don't know what to say again. But you understand, don't, yeah, you know, ooh, hey, uh, do, relax. You, you are here for a long time. Hey, but I, I don't know what will happen tomorrow. Exactly what do you want? Are you here for a long time or you don't know what will happen tomorrow? Choose one. What's going to happen tomorrow? With long life, he will satisfy us. Are you hearing what I'm saying? That's how somebody was saying. And then the person now died. What's your name? Somebody or what's your name? Are you somebody? You're not somebody. Listen to me. Never, let, let me tell you. Even me that is preaching to you, right? I mean, I will live long. But listen, never let anybody's experience affect your faith in the word. Whether it's the most prominent man of God in this world, you don't know what they are believing. You don't know what they are confessing. I mean, do you realize that, I'll say this now, do you realize that Moses got so burdened with the children of Israel, he told God to literally kill him? Go read my book, Overcoming Discouragement in Ministry. Do you realize Elisha went threatening Jezebel, we are going to kill you, Jezebel. We we are there. I mean, I'm prophesying. Man, women are powerful. And then Jezebel just sent a message. I will kill you the way I killed those prophets. I mean, the guy went into the cave and literally and just prayed, Oh God, I'm not better than my fathers. I mean, you know, sometimes it's just the girl you are going out with. Constant pressure, constant pressure. My, my friends are using iPhone. Using iPhone. And you call yourself a man. And you call yourself a man. You just go under pressure to make money. Nothing is wrong with your life. There is no... There's no, you are just under unnecessary pressure. And listen, you, why is this connected to divine health? Some of us are sick because of these pressures. We can't sleep at night. You are not sleeping, actually. You are not sleeping. Here you sleep. You wake up, Jesus. <laughs> Jesus. You are thinking, you are thinking, you are thinking. Sometimes all you need to do is simplify your life. Are you hearing what I'm saying? 
Just simplify your life. Just say, listen, you know what? This thing, leave it. Just leave it. Hmm? Send your children to school that you can afford. Wear what you can afford. Plan vacation to where you can stay. Are you hear what I'm saying? It's not that we like your picture on Instagram, but inside your heart, you are looking. You know, people do things and then fall into depths. This will help someone. My son, Karis, when we started, when we, there was a time he was, his school fees was 15000 hmm? to enter a new school. And the school that we could afford, if it rains, my wife would literally have to raise her wrapper, eh? carry her, carry him on the back, and walk through water to put him in school. Are you hear what I'm saying? That was the face that we were. We didn't say, oh God, if you have called us, prove yourself. If, you can, if your child can spell apple, he can spell apple. At the end of the day, apple, the spelling of apple will remain the same. I hear what I'm saying. You can learn apple with slates. You can learn apple in a, in a school where there is no, 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 no windows. You can learn. But at the end of the day, we can't say that your child went to a school of one million. Then the spelling of apple is now K-P-P-L-E. Because the school fees your child pay is more than the school fees my child pay. Are you hearing what I'm saying? I say, oh, well, the way the child is pronouncing things, he's pronouncing things like a village child. Don't worry. By the time he grows up and he watches a few American films, he will fine tune. I didn't grow up pronouncing words like this. As we went up, we just discovered, oh, this is a village pronunciation, this is American pronunciation, we make this thing. At the end of the day, when we come to the top, we will all just be the same. The difference wouldn't be distinct. Are you, there are people who haven't traveled abroad and they speak better English than me. They just invested themselves in following some people. So, the point is this. Many believers are sick out of pressure. Are you hearing this? And so, the healing power of God does not go to work in their life because anxiety sometimes is envy. The Bible says envy causes rottenness of the bone. You're just... You don't, you, don't, you, don't, you don't make it look like envy, but you always feel discontent in your life because of what's happening in someone else's life. That's why one of the best things to stay in health is stop monitoring other people. Are you hear what I'm saying? Stop looking at what other people are doing. Stop looking at where they are. Stop looking at what they wear. Stop looking at what they have. Just mind your business is in the Bible. Focus on your life. What you can do, what you can afford. Praise God. I mean, we've always been like this. God has helped us. I mean, fun, funny, funny example, but it's true. I remember we got married, we said we're going to have two kids. I mean, that was always comfortable for us. What we are faithful carries, what we believe God for, and everything. And then one day my, my dad came in. I said, ah, You can't just have two children. I said, Why? He said, No, you can't. I said, Okay. Then I know you didn't have the money. So I said, Okay. See. Having children, it, do, it won't take time. The most important thing is taking care of them after. So, before we even have this conversation, whether yes or not, let me have a check of one million. If you pay the money, then we can start discussing and see the possibility. Was I joking? I wasn't joking. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Somebody cannot advise you into trouble. They mean well for you, but they can't advise you into trouble. Because by the time you give birth to that child, they will not buy powder. You know what I'm saying? They will not buy powder 
and buy uh, 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 pampas. You divide it into two. They won't give you because there's somebody else they need to give. They now divide two. They now give you ten pieces of pampas and one. This is healing school, right? They give you ten pieces of pampas and one dusting powder and one methylated spirit and a bag of granite. And the, a, a, a whole life that you have brought into existence, that is what they have given to you. And then, ten years later, they are not saying, what is wrong with you? Why will you give birth to children and not be able to train them? And you will forget that you didn't have the intention. It was their suggestion that made you to give birth. And now, you understand what this is all about. And then you are under pressure. Under pressure to do stuff. That's why in contentment is divine health. Are you hearing what I'm telling you now? In contentment is what? It's divine health. Praise the name of the Lord Jesus. Alright? So God told Joshua, say, go in. How did I get into all of that? And possess. So healing is ours. Healing is ours. And this is very true because the Bible says, a merry heart doeth good. Like a medicine. I spent time to talk about that. You know, one of our healing schools. The power of laughter. In fact, I was in a conference in uh, Michigan. Uh, I've forgotten his name now. But a medical doctor was teaching us and was telling us the power of laughter. And in fact, he said for him, the exercise he does every morning when he gets up, he intentionally tries to laugh, deep belly laughter. He does it intentionally. He's trained himself to do that. That is very curative. There are for, for some of us, our laughter is very expensive. Very expensive. We don't laugh all the time. And when we laugh, we just release a portion and keep the rest. <laughs> That's all for the day. <laughs> That's all for the day until the next day. And to you, you look serious. You're, 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 you're causing ill health. There are people that literally have been let off from the from the, from the hospital bed just by causing them to watch things that make them laugh. These are things that God has given to us naturally. Praise the name of the Lord Jesus. You know, kids, growing up with kids, discover they always laugh, they always laugh, they always laugh until when you are more mature, they say, you too, they laugh. <laughs> and then you start getting serious, and getting serious, then old days, they now teach you to laugh again. Alright, so let's get back to healing school. Praise God. Healing is ours by the covenant. First Peter chapter 2 verse 24. Healing is ours by the covenant. So by covenant, I think we sang that this evening, right? Covenant keeping God. Very powerful song. We know that God will keep covenant. Most of us don't understand the power of covenant because we break our words today. But covenant is a big word. Covenant is a strong word. That if God has a covenant with you, he will keep it. First, first Peter chapter 2 verse 24 It says And he himself bore our sins in his body On the cross So that we might die to sin And live to righteousness For by his wounds Or his stripes What happened? You were what? Past tense or present tense Where? What's that? Past tense Past tense means it's been done if, are you hearing? Are you following this? By say, come and say by the stripes of Jesus, I was healed. If you was healed, then you are healed, right? Not correct English, but understand it, right? If you was healed, then you are healed. 
So 2,000 years ago, your healing was paid for. So that sickness in your body is illegal. That sickness to mention you is illegal. Glory to God. Go back, meditate on these truths. Meditate on these truths. Healing is yours for the taking. Glory to the name of the Lord Jesus. So by the stripes of Jesus, we were healed by his wounds. When Jesus was flogged, it was a healing he was paying for. Thank you, Lord. And believe it. Talk it. Receive it. Don't say, we have been talking it, but I'm not seeing it. No. Keep speaking the word. I had, I think I've told you before, there was a time I had a bike accident. A bike hit me around this region. So, every time when it gets to that time, I'm feeling, feeling the pain, you know. I just feel the pains. So, they just told me. That, ah, every time when it gets to that time, you feel the pain. When you get, so, you know, it was like that. So, I remember one particular year, I began to study along the lines of divine healing. And uh, the pain came. So, my mom was talking to someone and the person said, oh, uh, no. The person was talking to my mom. So, I said, oh, I'm feeling this pain. Oh, my mom said, oh, okay. <laughs> hey. You know, she, then she hadn't also grown so strong with, with, with understanding healing. And I went back. I said, no, this, 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 is, this can't be the will of God. You know, I stood against that thing, took authority over it. And that's something I want to talk about where, where it comes to healing. You know, I took authority over it, stood against it and all that, and spoke the word of God over it. And it was a while I remembered that I don't used to feel the pain again. You know, sometimes when you're trusting God for healing about something, especially something that's persistent, one of the things you can do, if, if it's possible for you, it's keep speaking the word and take your mind off it. And one day you would realize, looking back, I don't have this pain again. I, I don't have this sickness again. This thing is gone. Keep sowing the seed of the word on that issue. Hallelujah. Now, let's look at Luke chapter 13, and I want to show you something there. Verse 16. So, what do we do in healing school? We just look into the word of healing. We feed our faith. We feed our faith. We feed our faith. Praise God. I said, praise God. <laughs> we feed our faith. You know, I used to be very sickly as a child. Uh, got some marks on my face. These are not... They are not Tribal identification marks. There are all the types of healings that my parents tried to incur for me. You know, my parents weren't born again then, so they took me everywhere. Uh, but when I began to get the word of God, I, I, I mean, I was, I'm so big against sickness. I, I mean, I hate sickness the way I hate sin. And I went in studying the word of God along the lines of healings that way. And that formed something in my spirit. You, you have to be passionate about it. Just as you're passionate about righteousness, just as you're passionate about prosperity, you've got to be passionate about healing. You've got to feed your spirit with that. Praise God. Now then, go to Luke 13 and verse 16. Let's, can we look at verse 10? It says... And he was teaching in one of the synagogues on the Sabbath. So Jesus was teaching in the synagogue. And there was a woman who for 18 years had had a sickness caused by spirit. And she was bent double and could not straighten up at all. Can you imagine how long this woman had had this sickness? 18 good years. The scripture says she was bent double. 
And she couldn't straighten up. That means she was always like this. But you know something that impresses me about this woman? She showed up in church. Hmm? Hello? Do you think if you know someone who had that, you will go up, you will show up in church? Don't show up. Say, hey, mama, why were you not in church? If you cannot see. <laughs> you know, sometimes I call people, hey, how were you not in church? Oh, pastor. Hmm. Hmm. I don't know why people stay off church when they are sick. That's the more reason you should come. Praise God. And you know why people stay off church while they are sick? They have more faith in the medicine they are going to take. Yeah. That's the truth. You say, why, why have you not been in church? Hey, I've been nowhere, but I don't they take mercy. I don't they better. I will come church. That means you just tell yourself, you know, I'm not feeling well. I'll sort myself out when I'm healed. That's when I'll come to church. The church is not only me- meant for healed people. The church is meant to take sickness out of your body. Can I get an amen? amen. Yeah. Don't run away from church when you're not. And then, let me tell you this, right? Don't lie with sickness. And it says that to you. You know, there are some people, you couldn't do something, they gave you work to do. Oh, have you finished this work? Ah, oh, my brother, my brother, my brother. I've not been feeling fine the past two weeks. And you're, you're lying. Why are you not in church? Ah, ah, man. Don't lie with sickness. You see, when you lie with sickness, over time, you would have it. Are you hear what I'm saying? Don't lie with sickness. That's important. So, verse 11, And there was a woman who for 18 years had had a sickness caused by a spirit, and she was bent double and could not straighten up at all. When Jesus saw her, he called her over and said to her, Woman, you are freed. From this sickness. I like that statement. Can somebody say amen? Amen. And that's what Jesus is saying to you tonight. That whatever sickness you have in your body. In Jesus name. You are free from that sickness. In the mighty name of Jesus. Ladies hands on her. Immediately she was made erect. And began to glorify God. Go to verse 16. And this woman. A daughter of Abraham. As she is. Whom Satan has bound for 18 long years, should she not have been released from this bond on the Sabbath day? You know why Jesus was talking about this? The religious leaders got angry that the, the person was healed. And these guys should be ashamed of themselves. Someone has been coming to the synagogue, this faithful woman for 18 years bent this way, and Jesus comes and gets them healed, and you are angry that Jesus healed on the Sabbath day. That shows us that sometimes you can come into church and still put up with sickness. It's religion that puts up with sickness. Christianity gets it healed. Praise the name of the Lord. Are you, are you following this now? Don't put up with sickness. Don't put up with sickness. You're, you need your body to fulfill the purpose of God. You need your body to walk in the blessing of God. You need your body to be able to do the things that God has called you to do. Praise God. Now, three things I want you to pick from there. Number one, what does Satan want? From that verse of scripture, Satan wants to keep you bound and sick. Satan wants to keep you bound and sick. 
Don't take annual sicknesses. Don't say every rainy season I used to have my chest would just be pumping, 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 pumping. No, don't take it. You can't be having annual conventions with sickness. Praise, praise the name of the Lord. It's time you begin to speak against that. You begin to reverse that. You begin to take authority about or over it. Even when you see the symptoms, you rebuke it. Praise God. Number two, what does Jesus want? Jesus wants to make you free and whole. Jesus wants to make you free and whole. God, God wants you free and whole. Satan wants you bound and sick. Number three, and I put a question mark in my notes. The third question is, what do you want? We've talked about what Satan wants. We've talked about what God wants. Then the next question is, what do you want? You have to tell what you want. You'd have to choose what you want. To still be bound or to walk in health. I don't know about you, but I choose healing. I choose wholeness. I choose freedom. Praise the name of the Lord Jesus. Now go to Deuteronomy chapter 30 and verse 15. Deuteronomy chapter 30 and verse 15. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Deuteronomy 30 15. Let's go a bit quickly. See, I have set before you today life and prosperity, death and adversity. In that I command you today to love the Lord your God, to walk in His ways, to keep His commandment and His status and His judgment, that you may live, that you may live and multiply, and that the Lord your God may bless you in the land where you are entering to possess it. Look at verse 19. I call heaven and earth to witness against you today that I have set before you life and death, the blessing and the curse. So choose life in order that you may live you and your descendant. You have a choice in this life. You have to choose life. You see, when the enemy starts bringing those depressing thoughts into your heart, you choose life. Hallelujah. Come on, are you here? When the enemy starts bringing those unforgiving thoughts into your heart, you choose life. When you start feeling the symptoms of that sickness, you choose life. How do you choose life? We talked about it. How do you choose life? Proverbs 18.21 Death and life They are in the power of the tongue So you choose life with your words Somebody say I choose life With my words Are you hearing what I'm saying? You choose life with your words You choose life with your words By your words you make a choice of life what will happen in your life when you get up every day and say in the name of Jesus, I walk in divine health. As my days are, so shall my strength be. What do you think will happen? You're sowing the seed of life into your body. Praise the name of the Lord. Every time those symptoms come, you release the word of life. I'm the healed of the Lord. I'm strong and healthy. The life of Christ lives on the inside of me. I walk in divine health. No sickness thrives in my body. All my organs function perfectly. With long life, God satisfies me. Glory to God. You say, learn to say those things always. Learn to mutter God's word always. Hmm? Learn to mutter God's word always. Learn to speak the word over yourself. 
I can't tell you, I, I don't know how to put it, but I can tell you the secret to everything in this life that I know and that I work in, it's the Word of God. I'm, I'm, I'm aggressive about it. There was a time I had a confession, I used to confess. Man, that was way back in school when I began to learn this truth. I had a a confession I used to confess. I used to confess it 40 times every day. 40 times. And what I did with that confession, I ruled out the confession, I ruled out 40 boxes. Every time I confess, I tick. Every time I confess, I tick. Every time I confess, I tick. There are certain times that I realize at the end of the day, I haven't done, maybe I did 20, I had 20 more. I will do it. I I will put the word. I will be aggressive about putting the word out. You have to have that, I don't want to call it desperation, but you've got to have that determination about seeing the word of God work in your life. Praise God. Come on, I said, praise God. You have to see that determination to see the word of God work in your life. Now, let's look at the woman with the issue of blood, Matthew chapter 9. Matthew chapter 9. And verse 21. You know the Bible says that this woman had had the issue of blood for 12 years. She has gone to the hands of many physicians, suffered many things in the hands of many physicians. The Bible says instead of getting better, she, she got worse. So this also tells us that sometimes it's not about having the access to the best medical facility. It's good. It's not out of place. Praise God. Come on, are you here? But ultimately God is the healer. I said ultimately God is the healer. And we've got to learn to put our faith in him. Where healing is concerned. Now look at what the woman said. Verse 21. For she was saying to herself. For she was saying to herself. Some translation uses the word. For she was saying in herself. If I only touch his garment, I will get well. Can you see what this woman constantly said? If I can touch his garment, I will get well. She kept saying it. She kept saying it. She kept declaring that if I touch the hem of Jesus' garment, I will get well. She got what she said. Praise God. She got what? She got what she said. If you want to see that sickness healed, keep speaking God's word about it. Keep speaking the word of God over it. The Bible says in Proverbs chapter 4 verse 22 that God's word is medicine to our flesh. The woman said, she said to herself, she kept telling herself, she kept speaking. She was saying, she was saying, not she said to herself. She did not just say that if I touch the hem of his garment, I'll get old. Let me try. No, she kept saying to herself, keep saying to yourself, I'm healed. Keep saying to yourself, I'm well. Keep saying to yourself, this sickness is cursed. Praise God. Oh man, I've always had confessions. I've always had confessions. I have a confession in my diary now um, that I, I wrote at the beginning of this year. I make that confession at least five times every day. It's in my diary. I confess it. Sometimes I snap it, I put it on my phone. I've always been a stickler for consistent confession, consistent declaration of the word. I don't leave it to my emotions. There are confessions I proclaim every day. Certain time when certain thoughts come to my head, I release a confession. Every time I think of my children, I speak God's word. Great is their peace because they are taught of the Lord. Every time. 
Every time, every time. Once I see the picture of any of my child, that confession follows that picture. Whether it's positive or negative picture, we just release the confession. Just release the word. It cannot be too much. Keep planting the seeds. Glory to God. I'm working on my confession for next year right now. I take my time to work on my confession because I try to summarize everything I want in, in, in a confessible paragraph. While, when I started, I used to have four or five pages. You know, it became wearisome. I would confess and confess and confess and confess. I was aggressive about it. Confessed my way out of luck. There was a whole time I spent all my time in 2 Corinthians chapter 8 and 2 Corinthians chapter 9 meditating on the word, meditating on the word, meditating on the word. Every time I give an offering, every time I bless someone, I declare God's word over me. For God has made his grace, you know, to abound towards me that I have sufficiency in all things. In the Amplified Version, it says that all material and earthly favor will come towards you, that you will not need anything. Hmm? Certain times you have to go through certain translations and find the confession that fine tunes it and speak it. What are you aggressive about? You can't watch your life go down because you're too lazy to get up and speak the word. But you realize that if a doctor says now, take this medicine seven times a day before you t- take it, dance to the right, dance to the left, you will not even ask how, was that, how does that contribute to healing. You're just going to dance to the right, dance to the left, take the medicine. Every time, dance to the right, dance to the left, take the medicine. We are so big on obeying doctors, but sometimes we can be disobedient in obeying God. He says, death and life is in the power of the tongue. If you will speak life over that, that disease, if you will curse it from its root and keep saying it, you would wake up one day and discover that you are healed. I read two stories for you. This is a story by Novel Hales. Right? I'll just read the story quickly. It says, Brother Higgins was visiting me once, and we went to a neighbor's house, a denominational family for dinner. My 16-year-old daughter, Zona, walked in. She was in high school, and she had knots all over her. She had the worst-looking hands I have ever seen on a girl. There were 42 knots and warts on her. She had them for the past three years. At that time, I'd already studied the Bible on the subject of faith for years. I, I thought I knew what faith meant until I ran into knots and watts on my daughter. Then I found out I did not know as much as I thought I did. I knew the devil had put those things on my daughter's body, but I did not know what to do about them. Brother Hagin said, how are you doing, Zona? She said, I'm fine, but it's my dad. You need to talk to him. I've been trying to get him to take me to the hospital to have these stupid words taken off. Look at me. My hands look awful, but he won't take me. He just keeps telling me, we'll see, well, see honey. Brother Hagin said, I can cause those things and make them disappear. I believed him, but I looked over at this woman in whose house we were, and I could see that his words did not go over the denominational woman where I wanted to ask Brother Hagin how he would do that, but I didn't. There for several days, I wondered why I didn't ask. Finally, I realized God wants us to be able to do that for ourselves. The devil may go around your town messing up other people, but there is no sign he has to do it to you. If you as a parent do not know any better, you would have to put up with the devil. He will come after your children. It was my dumb fault that my daughter had those awful words on her body for all those years. I got mad at myself and told God I wanted to know the truth. I found out something about God. When you get desperate to know the truth, the Lord will give it to you. He will reach you. The Holy Spirit inside of you is the teacher. If you listen, he'll teach you. I sought God for two weeks and suddenly he began to talk to me. I could hear him talk to me. He said, how long are you going to put up with those things on your daughter's body? Those are the works of the devil. Alright? So, I mean, long story, but then I was reminded of Brother Hagin's word. I had to do it myself. In fact, the Lord told him, this is between you and me, not you and Brother Hagin. We must learn to walk in the power of God. So he used the authority. When the Lord told me that, I went right into my daughter's room, cursed those words. I commanded them to disappear. And in 30 days, they were all gone. 
One day Zona was hanging up her dress. When all of a sudden she realized she had brand new hands and legs. She had a brand new Chinese skin and it scared her. She came running to me and saw brand new hands. She said, I can understand God doing something for you because you work with him. But I don't know what that work is. Praise God. And that's how Nova his daughter got healed of what? I'll give you another story. The, the mother of Joel Austin, most of you know her. Um, Doddy Austin. Um, Lakewood Church. Okay? So the founder of Lakewood Church is John Austin. That's Joel's father. So Joel was behind. Joel was usually the camera guy until his dad died. And then he began to, to preach. Joel's mother is still alive. You know, she was diagnosed with uh, metastatic cancer. And the doctor told her she has just a few weeks to leave. Okay? Now, she went home. And got 40 healing scriptures. And she stayed on those scriptures and confessed them. I have a book. I, I was looking for it to get the exact story. But the title of the book is Healed of Cancer. Doddy Austin. She took those 40 scriptures and spoke them over her life several times. Several times. Several times. The woman is so well now that death is not close to her. She's still alive. The husband has gone home to be with the Lord. She's still old. She's still ministering to people sometimes. You see, let me tell you something. If you will plant the word of God in your heart, it will keep you long. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Listen, the day you are ready, that sickness will leave. It's not that just, you know, you know when you hear a message that it's all good. Hey, nothing. Today. Hey. <laughs> and then, ah, I'm healed. Boom. Then the next day, just look. Hey. Hmm. Say I'm healed though. Say we should talk. Oh. He said the Dusty said the Dusty was talking and talking and talking. I have talk and talk and talk. He's still here. You didn't have faith. The scripture says if you would speak with your mouth and do not doubt in your heart, you would have what you say. You know what you're going to do? You tell yourself, you know what, devil? I have more time than you. This issue is resolved. I speak God's word over it. And every time that thing comes, speak over it. Every time. Say it's cursed. These are just symptoms. You are gone. I'm healed. I'm walking in health. Glory to God. Can we stand on our faith? Thank you, Lord. This is what I want you to do right now. We're closing immediately. Let me step on the keyboard quickly for me. This is what I want you to do. Whatever sickness is in your body, you use the authority you have in Jesus and curse it. Alright? It's not every time someone will minister to you. You take authority over it. You say, listen, my body, call the power of your body, speak over it in the name of Jesus, I curse you. By the covenant of God, I have healing already. In the name of Jesus. And the healing power of God is manifested in my body. And the healing power of God is manifested in my body. Can we do that for two minutes quickly, please? Lift your voice and speak over your body. And if you are in health, why not? Oh, thank the Lord. Thank the Lord. From the crown of my body to the soles of my feet. The healing power of God is manifested. Oh, from the crown of my body. Colosili Baradoshi. In the atmosphere of Jesus. That sickness. Atmosphere of Jesus. We curse that sickness in the name of Jesus. We curse blood disease. We curse blood disease. We cause pains in the body. We cause infections. We cause infertility. We cause high blood pressure. We cause ulcer. 
In the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, we, we take authority over the spirit of infirmity. In Jesus' name, we take authority, breeding problems, nasal issues. In the name of Jesus, from the crown of your head to the soles of your feet, may the healing power of God effect a healing and a cure over you. In the name of Jesus, impossible situations, we command you healed in the name of Jesus. Atmosphere of Jesus. Atmosphere of Jesus. Let the healing power of God flow by this place. There's an atmosphere. Everything is when nothing is impossible. Let the healing power of Jesus flow over no this atmosphere right now. No disease is incurable. In this atmosphere. In the name of Jesus, we release the power of God. In the atmosphere. To healing and a cure. Say that. Take your hands off God's people. Spirit of infirmity, we lose. In the name of Jesus, let God's people be free. One more time in the atmosphere. In the atmosphere, nothing is impossible, no disease incurable. In this atmosphere, thank you, Father. I decree and declare that you are whole and healthy in the name of Jesus. With long life, God will satisfy you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Praise God. Let's have a set as we get our offerings ready. Uh, I just want to say this. Thank you for listening to Word Connect with Pastor Maxwell Ogaga. We encourage you to share this message with your friends and loved ones. For more information and free downloads, please visit www.thepastormax.ng. We would like to hear from you. Send us an email, info at pastormax.ng. Or you can call 0805-888-7575. God bless you.